What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. The owners always had a thing about sort of, it's not about age, it was about talent and what you know and your passion. And my passion sort of shone through, which is why I got to head chef. And then within three months of being head chef, I became restaurant manager. Um, so within six months, I had worked my right way from right at the bottom to right at the top um, very quickly. You are listening to Veggie Doctor Radio. And this is episode number 145.5. Welcome to Veggie Doctor Radio. I am your host, Dr. Yami, board certified pediatrician, certified lifestyle medicine physician, certified health and wellness coach, author, speaker, mother, wife, and human being. I passionately believe in the power of diet, habits, and mindset in sparking and sustaining well-being and joy in our lives. This podcast combines expert interviews and thoughtful monologues to explore plant-based nutrition, lifestyle medicine, parenting, mindset, and other exciting and fun topics. I hope that these episodes inspire you, uplift you, and equip you with the knowledge and tools to live your best life. Are you ready to get started? Let's do it. Hey, 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 veggie lovers. Welcome back to this bonus episode of Veggie Doctor Radio. Today, I have such a fun little episode for you with Chef Henry Hampshire, who is a very young vegan chef who has already done amazing things, and I can't wait to see what he does next. But before I tell you more about Henry, please remember that the information on this podcast is for informational and educational purposes only. It is not meant to replace careful evaluation and treatment. So if you have concerns about you or your child's eating, nutrition, or growth, please consult a doctor. Chef Henry Hampshire is a vegan chef and entrepreneur who has been manager and head chef in restaurants across London. Henry was studying under Chef Day Radley, who is the founder of the Vegan Chef School of Excellence, as well as being an international chef who has been executive chef in many restaurants across three continents. With Henry's extra training, he became restaurant manager of Ravioli, London's first vegan pasta restaurant within nine months of working there and still being just 18 years old. At this point, Henry wanted to move on and create his own venture. Since then, Chef Hampshire has hosted many vegan supper club events, as well as catering weddings, parties, and many more events. Henry has also released his own product, the Chef Henry Hampshire Vegan Cheese Kit. And we have a lovely conversation. It's cool to learn how and why he went vegan. He 
He's still at the beginning of his journey, but he's really went in with a bang. He has big dreams, big goals. We found find out more about his hard work ethic, the grit that he has to really rise and the ambition that he has and his hope that someday he'll own multiple restaurants with Michelin stars. That is amazing. He also gives us some tips for those that are just starting their vegan cooking journey, what he thinks is the best kept secret in vegan cooking and what personal habits he is most proud of. It's a fun episode. I think you're going to fall in love with Chef Henry and I hope that he inspires you as well in your own journey, whether it's in vegan cooking, vegan living, or what other goals you have in your life. So please enjoy this episode and please help me welcome Chef Henry Hampshire. Chef Henry Hampshire, welcome to Veggie Doctor Radio. Hello. How are you doing today? I'm pretty good. Well, this is such a treat. I don't have that many chefs on the show, so I think this is going to be really fun. And you have a super interesting story. But first, let's talk about your vegan journey. So I've been vegan for two and a half years now. Um, when I was just turned 17, um, no, sorry, just turned 16, I decided I wanted to go vegan. My family were already vegan and I just got to the stage where I didn't want to cook sort of alternative meals to my family anymore. And looking at the health benefits, I decided to go vegan at the age of 16. Um, since then, I haven't looked back. It's definitely a good choice um, for my health. I was quite an overweight child, especially in my teen years. And I think since going vegan, um, my health has just improved a lot. I've lost a lot of weight um, in a good way. And I just love my vegan journey so far. Uh, only two and a half years. I know there's a lot of people who have been going for sort of a couple of decades now. And I'm definitely excited that I did manage to turn vegan at a young age so I can now experience it as it's just growing through the population at the moment, as veganism is taking a massive up um, across America and especially the UK at the moment now. So yeah, very excited for my vegan journey to continue. Super cool. So you said your family was already vegan. Tell me about that. Like how long had it been and what was going through your mind while they were eating vegan and you weren't? So my brother-in-law, so my sister's husband, was the first person in the family to go vegan. That would be around six years ago now. So he made the switch, followed by my sister and their children. And then also my brother was the next one to go vegan. So at the time I was living at home with my brother. So a lot of the meals became vegan in the household. Um, eventually, my brother is one of the most persuasive um, people there are. So soon enough, the rest of the family was all vegan as well. Um, he taught us all about the health benefits and everything there is to being vegan. So soon enough, everyone apart from myself in the house was vegan. Um, and then I just, just sort of looked at the health factors and everything that's good for the animals, etc. And I gave it a shot. Um, and yeah, as I said, never looked back. It's been going since then. So yeah, as at the time when they were vegan, um, I saw one of those general stubborn meat eaters that said, no, I can't go vegan. I can't do it. I can't live without meat. 
And then once you sort of do it and once there are people around you that are vegan and you sort of, I sort of came into veganism with already this bit of knowledge behind it, which definitely made it easier for me. But um, yeah, it's something that has definitely been beneficial to my life and then also turned out to be my career in the end. So definitely That's... a good choice that my family sort of pushed me towards. That's so funny. It was you were reverse peer pressured because usually I talk to people where they're the only one that they decide to go vegan. Everybody around them is like, but bacon, though, you know, and so it's like, you know, and that it's hard for them. But it was the opposite for you. Everybody around you is slowly going to veganism and you're just holding out still like, no, I'm not going to leave the meat. So did everybody in the family decide to do it for health reasons primarily or what was their reasoning? Um, well, at the start, a lot of it was for health. Um, the actual the reason my brother went vegan was because he went to an environmental protest in London. Mm. And he met this friend who said, well, if you want to do this for the environment, then the best way to do it is stop eating meat. So he did it for the environment and the animals, uh, as well as health, which I think is why vegan. so many people are going vegan is because there's so many different reasons. Um, originally I did go vegan for the health um, and also the well-being and then since being vegan and learning so much about the animal cruelty that's on the other side obviously you know about it a bit before but sort of digging having a deep dive into that world um, of veganism you learn a lot more about it and now it's definitely a lot about the animals as well as it is about health and well-being and also the environmental sort of impacts that just giving up meat and dairy can do for the planet you kind of question why people don't know this and why this isn't on mainstream media to be honest yeah yeah it's interesting how whenever you choose to do it for one reason your eyes are opened up to all the other reasons and you can't deny it but then it kind of just helps reinforce your choice right you're like well i do feel better i feel like my body has improved in a better way for myself i feel better but then there's all these other reasons too, and it just kind of bolsters that decision. Exactly that. I feel like once you've got one reason, and then it kind of can snowball into more and more reasons until you are sort of super vegan, and yeah. you've got all these different reasons behind you, um, and it kind of is. That's why it becomes so hard to sort of look back. Yeah. If you go vegan for the health and you see your health improve, then you question what else it can do for you, and you learn so much more about it, and you just keep in this snowball effect to learning more and more about why veganism is so good. Absolutely. Well, I'm sure your brother is super happy because now you're in the restaurant industry, which is such a big part of veganism. So veganism, we know encompasses all different types of lifestyle choices, but food is one of the biggest, right? So when people think of veganism, they automatically think of food. Some people think of all the food they're not going to have. And some people now that they have been vegan, think of all the abundance of foods and different products and restaurants popping up all over the place. But you're so young and your story is super interesting about how you have been climbing the ladder in the restaurant industry. So tell me how that even happened. How did you end up there and doing the work that you do right now? So before I even went vegan, I've always had a love for cooking um, and food in general. Um, so once I did go vegan, it just improved my sort of love and passion for food itself. Um, so yeah, going vegan, you learn so much about the food side of it. As you said, there are all these new foods you you have, um, and you learn about, and instead of 
sort of thinking about the things that I couldn't have anymore. I was thinking about the things I could have. Um, so being vegan, I got a job uh, when I was in college, um, as which college here is different to what is colleges in America. But when I, I was think 16, it's a, I think it's more like high school, right? Do you guys have how many years of college is it? Uh, so it's two years of college. Uh, maybe it's just like the end of because then you guys call it university after that, right? Yeah, and then university. So, so college yeah. is just two years when you're 16 and 17. Yeah. So before before we call college what you call university. <laughs> yes. So probably your last two um, years of high school is what we would say is college. Yeah. yeah. So those years um, was when I sort of wanted to get a job when I'm getting older, sort of starting to think about moving out of the house and just wanting to stand on my own two feet a bit more. So I was looking for jobs and in my family, there's always been a thing about if you're getting a job, get something that you're passionate about and that you love because then you actually want to enjoy the job rather than being stuck in an office if you don't enjoy it. And then there's no point getting in the job if you don't enjoy it. So I was looking at chef jobs and I had this family friend, one of my mum's friends who owned an Italian bakery in southwest london in wimbledon um which is where i grew up so i got a job for him working in his bakery it was a small little shop on the corner of the street um which is where i just sort of got a first bit of learning towards this seeing if this um part of the industry is what i'd actually want to work in it's fun learning a lot about having to bake breads and different Italian sort of breads as well. I think that's where my love for focaccia has come from. Oh, um, <laughs> it definitely was an incredible sort of benefits to the job of getting to eat amazing Italian breads all the time. <laughs> um, so that was just for a small part of my life, just sort of get on the ladder a little bit before then I wanted to get into a real kitchen, sort of a proper restaurant kitchen where it's constantly flowing and busy a lot of customers and a busy restaurant environment around lots of other chefs um, rather than just the bakery itself so I was looking for more jobs and it came up another Italian restaurant um, this time in Croydon which is South London and they were looking for a commie chef so entry level went to the interview and I started the job the next week as a commie chef working in this restaurant it was the first vegan pasta restaurant in London Wow. So this is where I started my sort of real chef career inside the um, hustle and bustle of a kitchen. Worked as commie chef for three months and sort of from the first day, the owner almost took a liking towards me um, as well as the sort of management team just for my sort of hard will, hard will and sort of strength towards the job. It's my passion from a young age. I was a lot younger than anyone else in the kitchen by sort of about 10 to 15 years and I think they were more impressed with that by anything um as it was an Italian restaurant all of the none of the chefs were vegan they were all just Italian pasta chefs uh, so they knew an abundance about pasta and about Italian food but not quite as much about veganism so being the in a vegan restaurant um sort of from the moment I walked in as a just 17 year old um sort of boy to the rest of them they sort of I had this knowledge which they were lacking um so sort of even the people that worked above me sort of the head chef the sous chefs that were above me saw what I was doing and liked this like idea of veganism and these different things that I was already bringing to the table when I was sort of at the bottom of the ranks 
within three months, I managed to get promoted up to head chef. <laughs> so that was quite Whoa. a quick jump working <laughs> from um, commie chef to then sous chef to head chef within three months, just based off this knowledge of vegan cooking and sort of this intense passion I had towards it. Obviously, this wasn't just by myself. I when I got the job and realized I really loved it, I wanted to increase my own vegan knowledge even more. So I joined the Vegan Chef School of Excellence in London, um, and I trained very closely under Vegan Chef Day Radley, who is one of the best vegan chefs, at least in the UK, definitely. Um, she's been executive chef in Michelin-starred restaurants across Asia, Europe, and um, yeah, all of the all the continents. I think it's three continents. So it's amazing to learn under a chef that's sort of good as that. So this is where I learned a lot more and that's why I sort of got to the head chef role. It's because I had the sort of certificates of being a certified professional vegan chef, um, the youngest person to ever do the vegan chef school of excellence. So it was definitely a big step sort of for someone my age to have this sort of newfound knowledge. Um, although in the kitchen, I felt like my age was never really looked at. Um, the owners always had a thing about sort of it's not about age it was about talent and what you know and your passion and my passion sort of shone through which is why I got to head chef and then within three months of being head chef I became restaurant manager um so within six months I had worked my right way from right at the bottom to right at the top um very quickly so I got to head chef due to my um, knowledge on vegan cooking and my passion for veganism. And I got to restaurant manager based on my sort of natural business skills that I've got from my family with all three of my siblings having their own companies and running multiple different business ventures and my mum running her own business ventures and being a very a top end entrepreneur. Um, I've always had this sort of knowledge for business and this passion for business as well as cooking. Um, which definitely helped me because once you're head chef, you end up going to the meetings and the call, being in the calls with the owners and with the restaurant manager. And it was just picked up and noticed that I put in a lot of effort and a lot of new ideas into the um, sort of owner's brains. And the company was doing okay, um, but from the ideas that I was giving them um, as head chef and these new I was creating new menus for them and it was bringing in new customers. I had new deals and new lunchtime plans. I created a whole new lunchtime menu and um, lunchtime deal. And we increased our customer market by almost four times within sort of a month of me being head chef. So that is when I got given the restaurant manager role, worked my way up. And yeah, I really enjoyed it. It was definitely one of the best jobs I've ever had. Um, and then I just decided, well, I've got these business ideas. I'm helping someone else's company. I was like, I can take what I've got from my sort of family and just set up my own business um, rather than helping someone else's business, which I love doing, of course. Um, wanted to help their business out a lot as a small family-run business. But I did decide that I was working sort of 70 hours a week, six days a week, um, and sort of rarely seeing my family, which was part of it, of how I managed to get the whole way up the ranks in such a short period of time was those long days um sort of waking up at six in the morning being at work from 8 a.m until midnight 
barely taking a break and then going home, sleeping about four to six hours and then getting back up and doing the same thing. Um, so yeah, it was a lot of hard work, um, but I still loved the job. But that is when I decided to then create Vegan Chef Hampshire as a brand itself, put my face on the front of my own brand. Um, and hopefully I'll have my own vegan restaurant getting my own Michelin stars um, in the future. But at the moment, yeah, just working on my own business. So I, even though I took so much knowledge and learned so much from working there, it's definitely good to sort of step off the ship um, and then start my own venture. Yeah. Wow. What a journey. That's amazing. I mean, definitely I'm thinking of just that word grit, you know, that's just a lot of work and a lot of effort you put into it. But it also sounds like you had a lot of fun. And I think that's what's really important is you were enjoying the process, you were putting in the hard work, but it all, the value is so high for you because you were enjoying it and it was giving you this invaluable experience that you can take with you along your journey. So, wow, that's, that's very, very amazing. So do you feel like you're naturally, your personality, you're just naturally a hard worker? Um, sometimes I think it's with everyone, if it's something that you care about and something that you really love and enjoy, you will put more effort into it. And I really loved cooking. I really loved this job. And I was putting as much work into it as I could, as I said, working those long days, sort of sacrificing my sleep just because I enjoyed it so much. And not just because I enjoyed the job, but I, because I had incredible people around me. Um, my staff were amazing people. I loved being around them. Um, and also the environment that I was in, in Croydon. I had a lot of sort of friends from there. And which is why I've managed to sort of wake up every day at the crack of dawn, get into work and have a sort of a really fun day most days. It is that grit and determination, um, not from being sort of naturally hardworking. I wouldn't say I wouldn't say in, in school, I was definitely not hardworking because I just didn't enjoy it. Um, the only things I was sort of hardworking in in school was sort of football, playing a lot of football, which I cared about. And then my music and uh, the, the subjects that I enjoy, which I think mm -hmm. if you look at most children, you will see that the subjects they do well in are the ones that they enjoy the most. Yeah which is what I sort of learned coming straight out of school into the working world. I just really loved it. So I worked harder at it and got better. And it just shows how much I enjoyed it from what I got out in the end. That's so cool. Well, obviously the owner took you seriously and he thought that you were doing great work because he promoted you so quickly. But what about the rest of the chefs that you worked with? Were there times when they were like, either jealous or skeptical or like this this young dude how how is he rising in the ranks so quickly yeah there definitely was a bit of sort of competitiveness between the rest of the staff um but I think it was taken well I think a lot of them sort of understood the reasons behind it it's because the owner always did believe in youth um because they wanted someone who could potentially take the business to the next level. And a lot of that experience comes from just sort of being young and having new creative ideas. So I think a lot of the staff did frown on it as well. Um, sort of for one example, I'm not going to name any names, but when I became the restaurant manager, there was someone who had worked there who was one of the longest serving employees. And she decided to quit because she didn't get the restaurant manager job. And I did instead. And I'd be working there for six months, which was, understandable it was a loss as 
she would have been my staff and she was a hardworking staff. But um, yeah, I think it was just best for the business, which is what the owner had in mind, um, which is why I became the manager. Um, yeah, it was sad to see her leave and sad to sort of see the bit of tension that she held due to the owner's decisions. But um, yeah, I think the owner had what was best in mind and I got to show that just by being the hard worker. And I think it was just my patience and um, not my patience, sorry, my determination that showed off and got me the to the place I was at. That's so cool. Well, speaking of youth and creativity, what do you foresee in the future of the vegan restaurant industry? What do you think is going to happen or what do you hope will happen? I hope that vegan restaurants take off. And I think we're seeing that already with new vegan restaurants popping up a lot more. And sort of, I don't know if you saw, but recently the first fully vegan restaurant got its Michelin star. Yes. Um, so I think it's already showing that vegan industry and vegan restaurants are definitely on the up, regardless of the pandemic. Um, hopefully, sort of once we're out of it, we will continue growing the restaurant industry, as I know it's been the toughest time ever for a lot of restaurants and a lot of small companies. It's been a very hard time. Um, but hopefully, once we're out of this, the vegan restaurants will start popping up more and more again. Um, yeah, I really hope the restaurant industry doesn't continue to go down. It'd be very sad to see, um, regardless vegan or not, we don't want to see the restaurant industry, um, go down for sort of my, my hospitality industry that I'm working in. Um, it would be sad to see it decline, but I think we do just have to innovate and work around it, um, and try and make it work. So that's why is why I see myself in the future having hopefully a handful of vegan restaurants across the globe, all getting its own Michelin stars. And that can only happen if the vegan restaurant industry continues going up. And now for a very important message. Hey, veggie lover. If you are looking for free resources to guide you on your plant-based and healthy living journey, go to dryami.com forward slash free for tons of free downloadable PDFs. Hundreds of people have taken advantage of my tips to help them reduce meat and dairy consumption, navigate eating out, and build satisfying plant-based meals. Download one or download them all. And don't forget to share with friends and family. DrYami.com forward slash free. And now back to the episode. And I think it will do with sort of more like-minded people to myself. I mean, I'm not the only young vegan chef out there and I hope that there's a lot more of them also with a similar passion of mine of setting up a vegan restaurant and hopefully we will see them be popping up everywhere um sort of in LA New York and London beautiful places where I think there's a lot of um restaurants already that have such a high reputation and I think we're already seeing that those massive chains of restaurants have vegan options now which I think is already a step to show that even the big dogs um, have to alter their menus to accommodate for this massive wave of vegans coming through at the moment. And it will only be a matter of time until sort of all the restaurants have vegan options, which is already happening. And then soon enough, all the restaurants will be fully vegan, we'd hope. Um, and we hope that there'll be lots more vegan restaurants popping up. 
in in my in our dream come true, right? <laughs> definitely, <laughs> I I see that there's more of a push, there's more of a demand. I live in a very small town, and even here, the restaurants are having options. You know, plant based options, vegan options. But I'm sure you've also encountered, and maybe you even did when you started working at the vegan Italian restaurant, that there are some chefs that are turned off by requests for vegan options and for vegan recipes. Why do you think that is? Where does that come from? Um, I couldn't tell you where it comes from, but I think I have sort of my own reasonings behind it. As I said, when I worked in the restaurant, I was one of the only vegans, if not the only vegan, I believe. And they were all very good chefs, um, a lot of them coming from Italy and knowing all there is to know about pasta and all there is to know about sort of working in an Italian restaurant. But they didn't have that vegan knowledge. And I feel like partially why some of them did take a bit of a distaste to sort of why I was going up the ranks so fast um, was because they didn't have this knowledge about veganism. Mm -hmm. And as veganism is growing, there are these chefs who have spent years training, years learning, and sort of quite quickly it's changing to this high demand for veganism, which they just don't have the correct knowledge um, to accommodate. And it can be annoying, obviously, I think for anything, if you're so good at one thing and then suddenly no one's demanding it anymore and they're demanding something else. It can be quite annoying if you can't do that thing. Um, so yeah, I think there's a lot of chefs who they might like eating vegan food, but I think they just struggle to create dishes that are vegan to the same level that they can create their meat dishes. Mm -hmm. They pride themselves on how well they can make their sort of signature dishes. Every chef has sort of its signature handful of dishes um, and they do struggle when they can't um, make that dish accommodate for everyone and as there is this new wave of vegans coming there are these chefs that have such a great knowledge maybe on meat um, and they just can't share that anymore and less people are sort of enjoying what they do so well which is why they do take this dislike or this disinterest into veganism a lot of the time because they kind of want to ignore it and hope that it's not coming through because they don't want to face the fact that sort of their skills are becoming less useful compared to the vegan chefs. Yes. Well, that makes a lot of sense. And in a way, it kind of reminds me of medicine. Whenever you're a doctor and you get set in your ways and you don't stay humble and open-minded to learn about the new evidence, learn about new techniques, read the research and stay up to date, you're going to get left behind. But also I think some of those doctors get kind of grumpy and moody because they want to keep doing things the same way. And I can imagine that happens to chefs too. Like maybe they believe the only way to make this dish is to have lots of butter and to have bacon. And that's the only way it's going to taste good. And so they don't open their mind about new, creative, innovative ways to make a dish that may even turn out better than the original. I feel like there's some vegan versions of traditional recipes that to me taste better than the original. But if you didn't open your mind to it, you're believing, well, this is the only way. This is the only way I can make this, cook this, and that's it. My way or the highway, buddy, you know? So I feel like that exactly happens that. sometimes. So it's very exactly cool that. to talk about. I think that happens in a lot of industries where people can be set in their ways and they can be so good at something, so, so good at something and not be able to adapt it um, mm -hmm. for sort of their own customer base. 
which is yeah. why even though being a vegan chef I wanted to create a lot of those comfort food staples and a lot of the things that everyone enjoys from their childhood of remembering eating like the best burgers in the world and I want to recreate all of those dishes and make them vegan and once you sort of learn the techniques and the skills of how to get each flavor from vegan alternatives it does become sort of a lot easier to be vegan if you can have those things still in your diet um that are made of plant-based alternatives but still have that same taste and that still um memory behind it yes because i think that humans we're not saying i want to eat a cow or i want to eat a pig we're saying i want to eat something that tastes good you know we just want flavor we want mm -hmm. texture we want satisfaction we want to feel full so it's not necessarily that i think people are tied to animal products because they come from animals they're tied to animal products because they think that that's the only way to achieve the flavor and texture that they want, you know? So it's really important as a chef nowadays to stay open-minded and to be creative and to be innovative and to always question, is there a different way I can make this? Is there a different flavor I can add to this? I mean, I think that that's being a chef is one of the most creative things you can do, you know, to just play around and experiment in the kitchen. But speaking of that, I would love to talk about what you think is your favorite kitchen tool for vegan cooking. Well, I, I presume by tool, you mean like utensil um, or sort of item of kitchen, um, item in the kitchen that you, I use the most. And I think for every chef, vegan or not, you would always say a good chef's knife um sort of the sharpest best eight inch six inch chef's knives that you can afford um so yeah i have a handful of amazing chef's knives that i love using i'd say i pretty much use it for everything i think most chefs would be able to say that they can do everything with a knife um so i'd say a good chef's knife and a nice big chopping board um essentially get the biggest one you can fit on your counter um so you can use it for multiple of different things i think that's one thing is that being vegan compared to eating meat is that when you eat meat you need different chopping boards for a load of different things if you're vegan just get the biggest one you can and you can just cut in different sections of it and don't need to worry about any meat getting anywhere um and then other than that a nice large um pan frying pan um with a ridge on the side like almost like a saucepan and the best um yeah the best cast iron skillet you can get as well so it's oven proof and can go on the hob um yeah i wouldn't say there's much else of my favorite utensil they all have their uses um i do always go for silicon utensils if i can um definitely a silicon spatula is one of my go-tos regardless of what i'm cooking i'm always using a silicon spatula and yeah but i would say if you are wanting to get into cooking a lot more or looking to become a chef as a career then you want to invest into a good chef's knife sort of around that 70 pound uh, mark 100 dollar uh, mark and get a really nice chef knife that you can trust and you know will last a long time nice do you carry yours around like do you travel with yours in like a nice box or one of those roll up you know like cloth yeah, things I you know, know i you see mean. like chefs have like their <laughs> knives in these nice little setups do you carry yours like that 
Um, well, often I do sort of wedding catering and I go to um, do private events in people's homes, etc. And I just have my favorite knife uh, has its own little case, a little plastic cover you put over the blade um, and a nice little carrying box to put it in. Um, the rest of them just stay in its knife block and I wrap it in um, a tea towel just to make sure none of them fall out and put them in a box. Um, yeah, no, I don't have one of those rolling mats that I use. Um, I usually just wrap each knife individually for whatever I'm going to do. Um, apart from that one favourite knife of mine that I use for everything, which has its own uh, plastic cover. Yeah, it's really important to have a nice, sharp knife that fits well and that feels well. It makes a huge difference. I think my first part of my cooking life, you know, before I knew that, I had dull knives and, and nothing cuts right and it's just not as fun to cook. And then when my husband went to Japan, he got me an authentic Japanese, like some fancy knife. It's even engraved in Japanese for me and all of that. And wow, huge difference. We keep it sharpened and it's it's just so nice to be able to cook with that. It just feels so effortless and it's also safer, right? So then you're less likely to cut yourself when you actually have a, a sharp knife. Tell me about cutting boards. So is there a certain type of cutting board that's best? You know, they have the plastic ones, they have wooden bamboo ones. Is there one that you like the best? Um, not necessarily. I think when you're in a commercial kitchen, you need the plastic ones that still have its different colors um, just for hygiene and food mm -hmm. safety. Uh, when I'm cooking in my own home, I have a really large bamboo um, bamboo cutting board. Uh, it works really well. If you are using bamboo, make sure not to put it in a dishwasher and not mm -hmm. to keep it wet for too long. Um, otherwise, it can split. But I wouldn't say I'd say find one that you're comfortable with. Find one that looks good in your kitchen. Um, and yeah, I think the knife is more important than the board. Um, as you mentioned, yeah, there the sharper one, uh, the sharper the knife, the safer it is as it's easier. And if it is sharp and you have a good knife, you find cooking easier. And if something's easier, you generally find it more enjoyable. Um, with the chopping board, just get a big one. <laughs> Take up your whole work surface with a nice big chopping board if you can. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've used multiple. I've had marble chopping boards in the past, um, wow. which can be quite quite a pain. <laughs> They're heavy to clean, um, and they end up potentially blunting your knife. Um, so I would stick to sort of wood and plastic. But yeah, wood is my preferred option, just as it goes in my kitchen better. But um, I think other than that, just get a big one that you like and fits your kitchen well. I love it. That's a great tip. Well, besides kitchen tools and utensils, what other tips do you have for those that are just starting their vegan cooking journey? They might be a little intimidated. They don't know where to start. What tips do you have for them? I think when you go vegan, one of the first things you need to do is go onto Instagram or Facebook and just search vegan. Join different Facebook groups about veganism. People always put good tips in there. And you'll learn a lot more from the community because I think veganism has this big community side of it. Um, where sort of you can not know someone at all, you can say you're vegan and become their best friend within 30 seconds. Um, so I would say go to Facebook, join some groups, put a little comment in the group saying, I'm just turned vegan, any tips? And I'm sure you get hundreds of comments down advising you what to do. 
go to Instagram, follow some vegan chefs, um, follow myself, um, and um, there's loads of different vegan chefs that are sharing different recipes, and you'll just learn so much more about little tips that each chef does and little tips that every vegan would have, and you can sort of take some of these on board, learn so much more from just looking at other people's recipes looking at different tips that people are doing and just asking for help um that you can learn so much from if you did want also buy a few cookbooks vegan cookbooks and just flick through them have them next to your bed at night um flick through them fold over the corner of the page on different recipes that you like and then just buy the ingredients and test it out i think there's no harm if you're going to cook dinner anyway you may as well try and test out some new things that you haven't done before um so yeah, just try and spread your wings and spread your horizons to try and to try different things. Um, look at new vegan foods that you've never tried before. There's so many different sort of vegan proteins you can get that you want to try them all. And everyone has their own personal preference. I know a lot of people would say tofu is the best or tempeh or seitan. And just try them all out. Try them with different seasonings, different spices. And soon you'll work out what your favorite vegan meals are and you'll work out what you can cook best what you do best at which i think with any cook different chefs are better at different things and you'll sort of learn just by doing it's the way everyone does is you just practice and you become better and learn by doing as much as you can so if you do have time just to buy a load of new ingredients from new recipes give them a go and then you'll learn what you like Yes, uh, I love those tips, but it's true. You can't get better unless you actually start, right? You have to start somewhere. And what I like to tell people is to, you know, don't be afraid because I actually found when I started eating plant-based, when I went vegan, that it was really hard to really mess up a recipe. And because of that, it made me less afraid to try new things. Like, you know, the worst thing that can happen if you completely ruin it, oh, well, at least you practiced. And I love the tip about going into groups and introducing yourself as a new vegan, because I will say as a vegan myself and, you know, being in, in here for almost a decade, we love new vegans. So you probably will get bombarded by love and tips and all kinds of suggestions because we, we just are so happy when people are trying out this way of eating and living and we're so happy to help. So that is a really fantastic tip. What do you think is the best kept secret in vegan cooking? Um, there's some things that aren't secrets, but if you're new to veganism, you must definitely try and implement into your cooking, um, such as nutritional yeast or nooch. Is something that I think every vegan has a crate of it in their pantry. Um, and it's definitely, if you're new to veganism, you should definitely give it a go and implement it into some of your recipes. Other than that, I'd say stock. So not just taking stock cubes and making stock itself, but just the amount of flavor that's in stock and stock cubes. You can just crumble a stock cube over a dish and you've added about 20 different spices and loads more flavor which is definitely good if you're new to cooking or new to vegan cooking and you haven't quite worked out how to get the best amount of uh, the most flavor out of what you're cooking is if you add in a stock cube or make your own stock which is simple if you ever have off cuts of vegetables then you definitely should just put them in a pan 
or as you're cooking overtime, always keep a bag of all your offcuts of vegetables and keep them in the freezer. And then one day, once you fill up the bag, you can put it all in da- into a pot and fill it with boiling water and leave it to sort of simmer for a few hours. And then you've got an abundance of your own stock, which would have so much flavor in it as well. And you can add in just a ladle of that to pretty much whatever you're cooking. And you've got about 50 new flavors in there and it just makes it so much tastier so i think that's definitely a good little tip if you're new to veganism and you're finding that some of the food you're making isn't quite as flavorful then try and add some stock in or just go ham on the spice rack um sort of take all the spices that you like and try and work out which goes best and mix them in with your dishes you'll learn which spices go best with each herb um, I'd say one that I always use is rosemary and smoked paprika together. Oh my gosh, you're my soulmate. <laughs> Those are my favorites. I, I <laughs> literally have to stop myself from putting smoked paprika in everything, but rosemary is like my second favorite. And my dad hates it, which is hard because I love it so much. Anyway, I proceed. Love- <laughs> <laughs> if I'm ever having anything with potatoes, I'll make Mix olive oil, smoked paprika, and rosemary, and you'll pour it all over. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. That's just one of my favorite combinations of sort of herbs and spices. Um, But yeah, just sort of test out. As I said, practice makes perfect, and you'll work out what your taste buds prefer. So if you have a favorite herb, try and put it on a dish that you think it would go well. And I think with being a chef, you kind of just learn. that whatever amount of herb you think you need, probably double it. Um, and the same with spices. Um, however much you think you'll need, probably just double it or even more. Because um, a, lo- a lot of the time, especially with dried herbs and spices, the flavor can just get lost within the dish. Um, also, don't add your spices in on the last minute because a lot of spices often need time to sort of cook through to get all of the aroma. Um, so yeah, just try and test out which is your learn which is your favorite herb and learn what spices you like and give it a go just keep practicing until you find out what you like and now for a very important message hey mama if you are feeling frustrated about mealtime battles worried that your child isn't eating enough or eating enough vegetables afraid that your child is going to get some awful deficiency or disease because of the lack of diversity in their diet I wrote a book that might be for you. A Parent's Guide to Intuitive Eating, How to Raise Kids Who Love to Eat Healthy is available in paperback, ebook, and audiobook through all major online booksellers. Did you know that most children are born with the innate ability to eat the appropriate amount of food to satisfy their hunger and support appropriate growth? Despite this, parents are still anxious and confused about how much and what to feed their children. In addition, many children are labeled as picky eaters or develop behaviors such as hiding and sneaking food. There's also a growing epidemic of dieting behaviors and eating disorders beginning at alarmingly young ages. In my book, you'll learn the five pillars of healthy eating, how to apply intuitive eating through all the stages of development, lifestyle habits that support healthy eating and body image, troubleshooting and problem solving for picky eaters, overeating and dieting behaviors, how to create and foster a healthy body image in your children, 
How exploring your own body image and relationship with food will help raise an intuitive eater and what foods to offer your child at different stages of development. A Parent's Guide to Intuitive Eating, How to Raise Kids Who Love to Eat Healthy, available in paperback, ebook, and audiobook through all major online booksellers. Are you ready for a fresh approach to feeding your child? For more information, visit dryami.com forward slash book. And now, back to the episode. That's great. And yeah, you just cannot be afraid of using spices and flavor because I think a lot of people have these really high expectations about plant foods. Like they don't like tofu, but they didn't add anything to it. You have to think of tofu as like a blank canvas. It's ready for you to add flavor, add spices, add herbs, different things. You can't just expect it by itself to just pop. You have to make it pop. So I love that tip of using either pre-made stock or making your own stock, playing around with spices. Don't be afraid. That is the way to make your food taste so delicious is by adding these flavors to it. What do you wish more people knew? I wish more people knew how easy it is to actually be vegan. Um, I think, as I said, once you are a new vegan, if you sort of follow those tips of going into different Facebook groups and getting advice, then you can learn so much so quickly. Um, And I think so many people, especially with veganery just gone, they'll want to test out uh, veganism, they'll try it, and they'll try and go at veganism with the same mind that they go at meat eating. And you have to learn that it's just a different approach um, to sort of vegan cooking as it is to meat cooking. And it becomes really easy once you practice it, once you know what you like. um, And once you know how to do something, then you just get better at it the more you do it. So veganism can be super easy um, if you don't go at it with the mind. As you just mentioned there, with tofu, you have to see it as a blank canvas. Whereas if you look at a meat steak, you can just have it as it is, where if you look at tofu, you have to add those spices and you can turn it into the same flavor of a meat steak just by adding sort of a bunch of different herbs and spices. And you can get a very similar result that is plant-based. But if you don't have that knowledge, um, then you'll find it difficult and you will struggle. And I think a lot of people that are meat eaters don't know how easy it can be to be vegan. Mm-hmm. At the start, there is a bit of a hard patch where you just have to push through that sort of little bit at the start once you're trying to find your feet in the vegan world. But once you do, it just becomes like a walk in the park and it gets a lot easier. And I think a lot of people, if they take that leap of faith and then go through the bit at the start where they are sort of trying to learn tips and learn how to do it, then once they get past that and they've got that knowledge, then they can start growing the knowledge and then sharing it with even more people who are the same as they were. I love it. Yes. Just like in your family, it's a ripple effect, right? We can influence and pass this knowledge on to the people around us in a good way and to approach it with curiosity and with an open mind, I think is one of the best ways to do it. What personal habit are you most proud of and why? Um, I think it would have to be to do with sort of my business minded side, um, which again, I learned from my brother and my family. Um, 
is to have that morning routine that way that you can stick to something and it will just help propel your day and propel your week um I'm not saying get up at the same time every day. I think your body can sort of tell you when you need more rest to other days, you will be feeling different. But that same thing of when you first wake up, um, I like to have a little stretch in the morning and then plan my day out, um, plan my day, work out what I need to do, what would help me the best for today, have a shower. Um, often I do my exercise in the morning and go for a run or just do a quick workout or you can do that in the later day depends whatever you feel best Um, and work out that morning routine of planning your day as well as you can so then you know what you need to do and you try and limit that time of procrastination just by having a structured plan that you can follow Um, other than that another habit I do is every couple months or maybe every month I'll do an 18-month plan for my life. Um, Just a very small plan, um, sort of a vague plan, doing each month over the next 18 months and working down something I want to achieve, any goals or any aspirations or anything that I plan on happening that month. Um, For example, when I started my company, I did an 18-month plan of what I want to see my company doing in 18 months from that day and every month I want to do something for my business Um, such as now I've got my 18 month plan and I know that in January I wanted to start doing a vegan masterclass which I managed to do on the 30th of January Um, that was my goal for the month and I ticked it off and then each month you want to reevaluate, especially at the moment with everything being so up in the air with the pandemic I seem to be changing my 18 month plan every sort of 18 (laughs) seconds Um, especially in England as we're going in and out of lockdowns at the moment Um, I am trying to plan for my next supper club and I think I've been postponing it for about six months now Um, but yeah just try and get a sort of rough plan so then you can manifest towards it and work towards it if you don't have an idea of where you want to be in 18 months then you're going to spend a lot of that 18 months still trying to work out where you want to go so you can have a plan and it can always change but you definitely want to try and get that idea and so you can then manifest it by putting the hard work towards it and if you put it out into the universe and the universe will bring something back to you so I think that's just what I do that's the way that I really find it useful for me and it's definitely helped me with my business as if I have a goal for a month um for a certain month then I will work hard towards it Mm -hmm. which going back to my habits is that if I start something, especially with my business or especially anything to do with sort of the business world, is that if I start something or set my goals for to do, accomplish something, I will work as hard as I can to achieve it. Um, so with my supper clubs, I planned in March last year that I wanted to do a supper club before I turned 19. And I we got put in lockdown um, soon after. and then I decided that I was going to do it before I was 18, no matter what. So a week before my 19th birthday, the lockdown had calmed down in the UK and I got my permit and it was legal to do. And I managed to do one um, just before I turned eight, 19. So, yeah, I think if you have those goals in mind, then you'll work harder to get them as well. 
Absolutely. Well, congratulations. But I agree. It's hard to go somewhere if you don't know where you're going, right? So what you're saying is you have to think ahead a little bit in order to be able to choose your direction in life. And even if you don't have to be super perfectionistic or strict about it, but having these flexible goals, having these plans for your future helps set your direction. And I love the morning routine thing too. There's, there's, studies on this about how we set our self-efficacy early in the morning, even by just making your bed first thing out of you, when you get out of bed, your brain gets like a little pat on the back. You get like a little tick mark, like, oh, I accomplished something, which gives you more motivation and energy to continue to accomplish things throughout your day. So sounds like you've already figured a lot of this stuff out. Super cool. Well, you started talking a little bit more about your business. I want to give you an opportunity to talk more now about what products or services you offer, and then also tell us how we can connect with you. So I am Chef Henry Hampshire. Um, you can find a lot about me on my website, which is www.henryhampshire.com. Uh, on there, you'll see that I host my own events. So I do supper clubs. I try and do them monthly. However, at the moment with the pandemic, um, struggling, but they're all UK based in London and around London um, in the area where I'm based in Farnham, Surrey. I do all my supper clubs as well as I, during lockdown, am now doing masterclasses. So I'm doing online events every month um, where I will be doing a Zoom class with a bunch of people all joining me together and I'm teaching how to make different vegan recipes and different vegan skills so I can help other people on their vegan journey learn new vegan tips and tricks and different chef chef tips and tricks about how to utilize your kitchen the most. So those masterclasses are available on my website and my next one is on March the 13th where I'm going to be teaching everyone how to make vegan pasta so fresh vegan pasta the as they make it in Italy um with some slight alterations to make it vegan which is exactly what I learned in in my job at the vegan pasta restaurant in London I'll be sharing all my knowledge about pasta and how to make the best vegan pasta whilst showing people how to make a mushroom and garlic ravioli as well as a creamy pea tagliatelle other than that, you can find so much more about me and check in on my day-to-day -day life at my Instagram, which is chef underscore Hampshire. You can find some very similar content also on my Facebook page, which is also chef Hampshire. Awesome. Oh my gosh. My mouth is watering. That is so amazing. Now, when you teach these master classes, is it all live or can people purchase them on demand as well? So it is a live event. Um, I do each um each class once um just to make it more limited and so more people can join me on the day and make it a really fun experience bringing loads of vegans together so they can all meet each other as well um so as i said my next one is march the 13th but if you do purchase tickets then a couple of days later i will be sending out the recorded version so i'll be the exact same i'll record exactly what i'm doing and you can watch it at a later date if you ever wanted to go over the recipes or you missed the e that evening then you can still buy tickets and get the recorded version a few days later perfect oh wow what a skill to learn i took the plant-based ruby plant-based certification 
So I did learn to make pasta from scratch, but that is definitely such a nice skill to have. You can impress your friends, impress your family, and it's just so delicious. So that is so cool. All right, so we can find you at henryhampshire.com, on Instagram, on Facebook, masterclasses, supper clubs. If you are lucky enough to live near Henry and be one in one of his supper clubs, that would be amazing. Well, this has been so awesome, Chef Henry. Thank you so much for joining me today. I will ask you to leave us with one call to action for the week. What is one thing we can do this week to improve our lives? To get started on creating your morning routine every morning, sort of work out what makes you feel best each day. Um, Start planning your days with some real purpose and scheduling it. And then also, if you did have time this week, do an 18-month plan. It doesn't take long, but write down the months for the next 18 months. And just put one goal you want to accomplish every month or one target you want to try and hit at the end of those 18 months. Just try and put your passion into into those morning routines and try and start manifesting what you want for the future as well. Uh, I love it. That is such a great call to action. Well, I am just so proud of you. So impressed with everything that you're doing at such a young age. I can't wait to see everything that you create in your, and you manifest over the next few years. Thank you so much for being on Veggie Doctor Radio. And I hope that you have a very plantastic day. Thank you, Yami, and have a good day to everyone else. Hey, veggie lover. I hope that you loved today's episode. Will you take a second and do me a huge favor? Please subscribe to my podcast so that you never miss an episode. You're the reason I'm here, and I want to share it all with you. Thank you for listening, and have a plantastic day. Bye.